0: Hello, everyone. Anyone that might take the time to listen, I really appreciate it. This is my very first podcast. Uh, it's going to focus around mental health. We're going to dive into everything from anxieties to depression to toxic relationships. So, you know, it should be a uh, pretty in-depth thing. We might get a little deep sometimes, a little emotional, but that's expected to happen when you have this topic. But uh, here we go. This is the first episode called all effed up so yeah here um here in the last week i just got back from my first vacation in probably i don't know three or four years you know it was a family vacation we went down to florida we uh went down to fort myers beach as you know great beach down there i'd never been i'd never been that far south but uh, on the way We stopped in uh, Georgia. We stopped in a town called Covington. Covington is a very popular filming location for a lot of TV shows. A lot of them have filmed, you know, in the last 20 plus years. Uh, Lately, the most popular series of television that's filmed down there is the Vampire Diaries universe. You know, they have. The original Vampire Diaries show. Then they got their two spinoffs. Uh, one of which is still filming down there. Sadly, I did not catch any filming because they're all. I think they're all still in studio at the moment. But uh, we went down there, and they have uh, the restaurant from Vampire Diaries. It's a real restaurant now. The they bought out some building that used to be a lawyer's office and turned it into the real restaurant. It's from the exterior shots that they used outside. But uh, they turned that into a real restaurant, and they, uh, you know, they have pretty damn good food, honestly. Uh, we did that, and there's gift shops all around town, you know. And there's a museum in one of those gift shops. that's right below the restaurant, you know. They got a lot of, you know, uh, screen worn stuff, a lot of props, and all kinds of uh, T-shirts and everything else you can imagine. Then there's another gift shop around the corner. Then there's you know because it's in this big square, so they got uh they got a an axe throwing bar, which was pretty cool. You know you go in there and have some beers and throw throw axes at shit. And then um, you know they have all kinds of different restaurants and different little shops there. They you know they still have some stuff that they kind of left sitting on display on from when they were filming. And just because they still film down there for the other show, which still has a lot to do with the original show. But uh, we went down there and did all that. Then we went down to Florida, spent a few days on the beach, which was very much needed. Take a break from adult life. We uh, left there, and then on the way back, we stopped in Sonoya, Georgia. Which, if you don't know, that's where they film Walking Dead. And Walking Dead right now is in its last season. Didn't see any filming, unfortunately, but I, have you know, got to see, you know, you had the filming trucks out and about, all the film crews and everything, and you get to see the actual walls of Alexandria, the uh, famous community from that show. Uh, you get to see, you know, them running around, setting stuff up, you know, you're seeing people go in and out, so, you know, they were filming at the time, they had police and everything everywhere, you know, kind of keep people clear of everything. We did all that, and unfortunately we're back home. We're in the Midwest. It sucks. It's cold. It's unpleasant. It's depressing. Then, um, yeah, we did that, came back, and I, I am not ready to be back. I wish I could go back down to Florida. But to get into our subjects, you know, uh, growing up, I dealt with a lot of anxiety and little bouts of depression from different things. There did not have the best childhood, Have a little trauma there from certain things that happened with the family. But uh, maybe we'll get into that sometime. But, um, you know, going and seeing all these places where they did all this filming and, you know, especially when it shows you like. And, you know, I'd been out to California, too, where I did a tour of the WB Studios where they'd filmed all kinds of stuff. You got to see the Big Bang Theory set. You got to see where the uh, Friends stage is. You know, it's the official Friends stage where everything was set up. But, you know, it's now something else. But they still have the Central Perk set set up so you can go take pictures and do all that stuff. But, um... We did that. And... You know, going back to when I was younger, and I mean, it's still happening. I still have anxiety and depression on occasion, depending what's going on. But the whole point of the thing is, you know, you go to these places, and it's kind of like an escape into that world. You know, I would have liked to uh, honestly be in that type of work, not so much an actor, because... I know I can't act by any means, but uh, it would have been cool to, you know, be in there and be part of a film crew and you know do all those things. Just basically, so you could say, "Hey, I did this and I made this stuff come to life. I was a part of that." But uh, going back to the anxiety stuff, that's what's prevented me from pursuing a lot of things I wanted to do throughout my life. You know, anxiety has been just awful. It can come in little spurts or little waves. It can, you know, make you reserved where you don't want to talk to anybody because you know I spent I spent most of my life being a loner. I've been the loner type for as long as I can remember. I always wanted to kind of do my own thing. I was that type in high school that would spend a lot of time alone. You know, this is the early 2000s when Aim you know, A. instant Messenger, uh, before Facebook, before MySpace, uh, where, uh, you know, where I just hang out at home a lot. You know, we sit on chat all night with your buddies. Um, you just sit on there and you talk hours into the night. You didn't have to be around people. That was my thing. A lot of my friends were the same way. Then, you know, uh, we hit our 20s, and it kind of took a completely different turn. I had spent a lot of my younger years overweight and not really being able to talk to girls or anything like that. And then, um, about nineteen I met someone that does not have a happy ending. Uh, we had met at a concert which was kinda my version of a fairy tale because we met at Warp Tour. <laughs> you know, that was the first concert that I had ever been to that I wanted to be at. I got dragged to other stuff when I was younger, but uh we met at Warped Tour in 2003. We uh, became friends. We kept in touch over the internet. And uh, uh, we had finally, you know, actually started spending time together probably about a year or so later. We started dating. And it, this, I was head over heels for this girl. She was, She was my official first love. And like I said, it did not end well. She more or less ripped my still beating heart out of my chest. I (laughs) did not respond to it well. I started to drink. I started to pretty much do whatever was put in front of me. You know, nothing too harsh, nothing too hard or anything like that. But I uh, did all that and, you know, how some people just respond to heartbreak. You know, I shed probably 30 pounds in a few months. I wish I could do that now. That would be awesome. But I shed all this weight. I was out drinking every chance I got. I became, you know, borderline alcoholic. But I did all this and, you know, with that weight loss and, you know, going out and socializing and all this stuff, you know, I'm not saying this is the way to go about it, but that was how it kind of worked out for me. I was out partying. I was meeting girls. You know, there was a different girl there every few weeks or so. You know, because I had actually started getting noticed, which was just an odd experience for me to begin with. But I'm, you know, going from girl to girl. My confidence is higher than ever. You know, I feel pretty damn good about myself. And, you know, because with that heartbreak, I had put up walls. I did not let people in because, you know, I took that breakup. Probably the worst I've ever taken almost anything in my entire life at that point. I uh, did not let people in, I did not get close, I did not want a relationship after that. I just flat out did not trust women. It was a, I don't know, I guess a defining time in my life. I had uh, gone from, you know, there were a handful that I actually cared about, but obviously it didn't work out. And that just kind of furthered my cause not to even try having real relationships. But I did all this for four or five years. Not to say I didn't have fun, because I did have fun. Because, you know, these are your younger years when you're supposed to try to get out there and have as much fun as possible. You know, I could have been more responsible about it. But, you know, we did all that. And about 24, that changed. I met my wife, and it kind of went from there. Uh, Maybe I'll talk about that sometime. But, you know, not to say there weren't... Extremely difficult times in the beginning of our relationship was like I said I didn't trust anybody and it took her a lot of hard work to get me to even trust her or give the relationship a chance because also at the time you know I was still drinking a lot so I wasn't and I wasn't the best to be around but also it was because the friends that I had at the time you know but they were friends that I did have a lot of my last couple years of high school, and, you know, they became like my brothers to me, and as it does happen sometimes, when, you know, we all became borderline alcoholics, things started to change. You know, I still worked, you know, I still took care of myself and all that stuff, but I did that constantly, and then towards the end of all that, you know, you're in your mid to late 20s and the friendships start to deteriorate it was probably the fault of both parties but it's also because you know i chose to be with someone that they didn't particularly like but you know it's not up to your friends who you're with they're just supposed to follow the rules and the rule is you know you love them so they have to in most cases anyways but we uh We started to drift apart, and uh, that really destroyed what confidence I had because I think I drew on my strength from them because I was so close to them. As of today, I only speak to one of those people still. And even then, it's only maybe two or three times a year. Sometimes we'll check in with each other, do the text, or we'll give each other a phone call. But he's also someone that has his own things to worry about, he's got a business he runs, he's got his kids and all that to worry about, but, uh, you know, towards the end of the, those friendships, they really, in my opinion, they confused friendly banter or, you know, their opinions or whatever, they just confuse that with being a dick, and, you know, you know, obviously, it kind of screwed things up, and we don't speak anymore, but, you know, one of them at least did have the decency years later to apologize for acting like that, so that was appreciated, but, um, you know, you go through all that, and now here I am in my 30s, I, you know, I have a family to worry about and everything now, which adds to the stress, because, you know, we can have moments where, you know the most recent thing I can think of that really tapped into my anxiety and my awful thoughts that can come to mind when when you are I guess more or less tested or you're pushed is you know basically I just it wasn't so much I got my job threatened or whatever but it was just one of those scary moments where you have to meet with people and you know all that's flashing through my head is you know. If I lose my job, you know, obviously I lose my income, I lose my insurance, which I need for my family, particularly my kids. I'm not too worried about me. But I lose these things, and all I can think is I let my family down. And then it just spirals from there. I get into the worst possible thoughts you can have just because my stupid brain is programmed that way, because of some chemical imbalance, or just general low opinion of myself, my brain starts to go to those dark places of, maybe my family would be better off without me, which is bullshit, I absolutely know it's bullshit, my kids would not be better off without me, but just because of the way my brain is, that's where it goes, it's gone there many times in my life, I think that's why I drink as much as I did in my 20s, because I think on some level I was trying to drink myself to death, which, you know, a lot of people can probably say the same thing, or they can just say, hey, it was my 20s, I was just having fun, which was true too, but, you know, I did all those things, and I had those thoughts, and, you know, I still have those thoughts depending on what the situation is, or, like I said, I just... I have a general low opinion of myself, and I always have, and I don't know if that's ever going to change unless I, uh, you know, do what I keep telling myself I'm going to do, which is maybe go talk to somebody or get on some medications because, you know, they say that doing just those two things can make a world of difference because of, you know, pent-up frustration or just, you know, the taking these pills... If that's what you choose to do, can fix that imbalance in your brain, and then you. I know it takes time, but then you suddenly, not suddenly, but over time, you don't feel these things. You don't feel as anxious. You don't more or less hate yourself as much. Uh, you know, I know it's nothing really to laugh about, but you. I know that they can have these effects on you, which, you know, is awesome. It's something I should definitely look into. Because my anxieties have more or less crippled me my entire life, they've really prevented me from doing things that I've wanted to do. You know, I, uh, as a kid, you know, I wanted to learn how to play guitar because I love music. It's like the ultimate stress reliever for me, you know, driving around in the summertime with your windows down, your favorite music blasting and just that's like the ultimate stress reliever that and just actually going to the concert you know I love going to concerts it's it's those it's one of those things that I've been doing since I was a kid they you know there's something just about being you know because I go to a lot of general mission I won't go to seated concerts but being up front sometimes you know front row center you know, two feet away from these people that you idolize, screaming your favorite songs, it just releases everything, it just blocks out all the negativity, it makes you forget about the shit, especially when you're an adult and you have so much shit to deal with, it makes you forget about all that, and I just think, you know, if I didn't have these fucking anxieties, if they weren't so severe, I could have possibly done something like that, because I... I've always enjoyed, you know, singing, I've, you know, I won't sing in front of everybody, only a few people get that privilege, but I, uh, when I was younger, I would try to write songs anyways, and I had some friends that were actually pretty good at it, and we'd hang out and sing songs or whatever, you know, when, when you were drinking, you had some buddies that would bust out the guitar, and you'd sing along and have a great, good old time, but it was these anxieties like i said they prevented me from pursuing any real dreams even now doing this podcast mm-hmm. it those anxieties are almost preventing me from doing that because they're telling me that you know don't bother it's not worth it you're not going to do anything with it it's not going to amount to anything which you know it it might be the case where you know maybe 20 people hear this and that's the end of it but you know there's still that chance it could go somewhere which would be awesome you know I would love to be in one of those situations where I could do something like this as my full-time job but I know there's only so many people that get that lucky but but I have reached a point in my life where I have to take chances I can't you know continue to live my life backing down because I'm not getting any younger I you know I have these jobs where they don't fulfill me and that's as I've gotten older that's really become a hard way to live where you go to work and you do the same thing every single day and you come home sleep repeat it's just not in my eyes a way that I want to live so I've turned to this and you know I'm trying to push back those voices in my head to say it's not worth it it's not worth your time because you're no good at this or anything else for that matter and so it's just a matter of continuing to fight those urges, and those voices in my head to say you can't do shit with your life, because you're not special, which, you know, if you listen to those voices, of course you're not going to accomplish anything, but you, you can't live your life like that, and it's something I keep telling myself every single day, because there's certain dreams, I guess, or just certain goals that I want to accomplish, yeah, I have a You know, I make a good living now after just, you know, getting my junior college degree, which was no big deal, but going from working in these shit factories to having a decent paying job, you could be one of those people that just stops, and I guess I can't do that because I will always wonder what if, you know, what could have been. I can't let myself be like that. I have to... I can't settle. I have to keep pushing forward, and that's just that's just my the way that I need to do things because you know you can't just back down your entire life and not really try. It's not any way to live for anybody. So, so here I am, just trying to do better because I watched my dad do all these. You know, he worked at the same place for 30 years. Some crap factory that I could not imagine myself doing because I watched him do all these random shifts, you know, coming in at all hours of the night and day. You know, I've done those shifts too. I've done 12 hour shifts. I've done 16 hour shifts and it's just, it's not a way to live. It's a very soul crushing existence and I couldn't do it to myself anymore. So even though right now I'm not you know, fulfilled by my job or just any kind of, you know, nine to five job that can be offered out there. Sure. It's a, it's a way to make a living and take care of your family, but I don't see it as living. And that's my biggest fear as I've gotten older is that I don't live. I'll get to a point where, you know, I stopped living. I just existed. And that's a, you know, that's, I think that's a mistake a lot of people make throughout their life, Especially when they get to a certain age and they realize that, you know, they're 50-something years old and they don't have shit to show for it. And that was something else that I saw with my dad. He worked this factory and, sure, it it paid the bills and it kept everybody fed, but I could tell he was not happy. He was, I mean, he might have enjoyed the job and he might have enjoyed the people that he worked with, but, you know, he worked all these years and had a pretty decent savings towards the end but then you know life happens and that savings is gone just like that because you have to you know bail people out of trouble or you have to pay a mortgage or you have to take out a second mortgage to pay this and that and just you're not getting anywhere in life and that's just that is a shit way to live in my opinion and I cannot do that to myself I cannot do that to my kids where you're just going through the motions day in and day out with the occasional vacation which just is not acceptable for me I cannot do that I cannot be doing that shit day in and day out never being actually happy yeah you're happy with your family—that's about the only thing that makes you happy. The rest of the life is just kind of dull, and you just kind of drag through the day. You get up out of bed, you fucking—you know—do what you have to to make it. And I—that's just not a way that I want to spend whatever years I've got left on this earth. So you know, it's just, that's just—that's just the way I feel. I mean, some people they find these jobs and they're perfectly perfectly content. You know, if you're perfectly content doing that kind of shit, then all power to you. You know, you are certainly, you know, one of few people that can do those things. If you're, you know, you're okay taking the safe route, but I've just always felt that I'm meant for more. Maybe that's kind of arrogant of me to think, but it's just how I feel. I can't let life pass me by. And I feel like it has kind of lately being stuck in this loop of just doing the same shit day in and day out. And I just can't do it to myself anymore. So here I am taking a chance with this podcast. Maybe people hear it. Maybe they don't. But it's just something I got to try. You know, if it works out, awesome. If not, well, I can say I tried. And that's just really all you can do. But I got to try. I got to push. And... You know, sorry that I've kind of rambled on and kind of taken this in many different directions. But, you know, first time podcaster here. And all I can say is, if you listen to this, I hope you halfway enjoyed it. And I hope that I will catch you on the next one. I'll try to put out at least once a week, if not more, just depending on what kind of time I have to work with. Just taking care of the family and whatnot but uh again if you listened i hope you enjoyed it i hope you come back for more until then this has been all left up with will and i'll catch you next time